Hey, Craig Miller here for Texans Can Academy. Do you have an old car that you want gone and gone fast? Well, contact Texans Can. They'll pick up that junker for free, and your donation will give kids a high school education. Right off the car, not the kid. Get it done online at carsforkids.org. Okay, everybody gather around. It's time for the big pen. Oink. Go down. Kick up your heels, jump up and down. Shut your eyes and whirl around. Reach out your hand, and if no one's there, grab your own hand, dance round in the square. When you're doing the big pen, hold down. Oink. Yeah! Hamburger with doo-doo is the meat. Pig pad time! Danny! No sponsors. Still for sale. Always for sale. (laughs) All right, Corby and Bob, I want to tell you guys a little bit of a story, and then I want to share something with you boys that, with the help of a good friend of mine, I was able to unearth and present it to you at the end of the segment. So when I graduated high school from Knox City High School, which is about 200 miles west of here, out in the middle of nowhere, equidistant between Abilene and Wichita Falls, Texas, pretty much the minute that I graduated, I got out. So I had a summer off before I started college at what was then North Texas State University in Denton. And my brother, my older brother, lived in Richardson at the time over near uh, Beltline and Jupiter Road, and I spent a lot of time with him in that that summer before I started school, and a lot of time out in the mid cities with a cousin that lived here, so I could kind of get my bearings on the Metroplex. And in doing so, I stayed, like I said, I stayed with my brother a lot, and hung out at this mall called Richardson Square Mall a lot, because that's what you did when you're 18 years old. You hang out at the mall, and yep. I met so many people via my connections at that mall and most of them because it was right around the corner like a block from the mall was berkner high school a lot of them either had gone to berkner high school or were juniors or seniors in berkner high school so you know either way you know between two and three years within my age range now i did start uh that i guess that fall up in unt and lo and behold um, I met a couple of guys that were from Richardson as well. We became really, really good friends. So I had this pretty solid connection to Berkner High School, Richardson Square Mall, and that general Beltline and Plano area. And while I was studying music and English up there at UNT, um, I got hooked up with a couple of guys that were seniors at Berkner at the time. And they were musicians, and they were looking to you know, add a member to their band And so at the time, I met them, and they needed a singer, but they just needed a singer. Like, I played guitar and a little bit of bass at the time, but they needed somebody to front their band. So for a few months, or a couple of months, I sang with those guys as just the lead singer. And we were doing Metallica covers and stuff like that. And you've heard me sing Metallica. Mm-hmm. I pretty much crushed that stuff. Absolutely. Thank you. Did you get were you guys playing <laughs> gigs or were you just rehearsing? It, it was a lot of rehearsing in the drummers, um, one of the drummers uh living uh, bedrooms in his parents' house. And God, these guys were g- so stereotypical. <laughs> I know, I know. And these kids were good. Like they could play. They could flat out play. Um 
So that thing kind of, you know, it was when I would come into town on the weekends from college and we would rehearse on the weekends and then I would go back up there and, you know, do school during the week. And that's when I met the guys that I ultimately played with in the metal band Sahara Rain later on. But before that, and Corby, you're always commenting on me being some type of musical chameleon to where I go through performing a lot of different styles and have done that throughout my life. Yeah. This is one style that I don't think that, and this is one band that I don't think you guys, Corby, you specifically were familiar with or even really knew about. So they ended up, their bass player ended up leaving and I started playing some bass with them. That's when they started getting even heavier, okay? And started going into more of a hardcore thrash metal scene. And that's also about the same time that things started kind of taking off with the guys that I'd met at UNT. So I was kind of splitting time in between those two entities. And about the time that I had decided to quit college that winter break after one semester and never went back to school. But during that time... This band that I was playing with in Richardson, they ended up getting another lead singer and decided to record a demo. Oh, boy. This band went from being called Pearson Arrow after... Wait, wait, like Pierce Pearson. and... Oh, no, Pearson. Pearson, because the guitar player's name is Ricky Pearson. Not true. Okay. Okay. He named him the band after himself. <laughs> Bring it! Ricky... Um, ultimately ended up going on to play for a long time with the Buck Pets. Corby, which I'm sure you remember the Buck Pets from the 90s. All right? Yes. So legitimate musicians. These guys were all great. Matt Zellner on drums. Um, I can't remember the other guys. It was so long ago. We're talking 1987. So what your kids would refer to, Corby, as the olden days. (laughs) Yes. So the band kind of really changed directions and they got this guy that wore like Doc Martens and had a shaved head, and he looked like one of those soccer hooligans from 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 uh, from Manchester, Bob, with the suspenders. You know, looked like a skinhead, but not a skinhead. You know, not a sure that right. you know didn't share those beliefs. But but typically, though, those guys they they like that fashion. And we changed they changed the name of the band to Domestic Violence. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Wow. Domestic violence. Uh (laughs) It's so, it's so teenage. uh I don't care. We'll we'll name our band anything. That's right. (laughs) So they recorded this demo and I was kind of like, I knew that I wasn't going to be playing with them much anymore. They were going in this direction and I was, you know, kind of dedicating myself more to songwriting and crafting more pop metal tunes with this other group. And, um, I wasn't fully invested in that whole scene, although I liked listening to that music. I love DRI and I love Slayer, which is kind of where this music kind of falls in between. I loved listening to that stuff, but I didn't necessarily want to play it, nor was I very good at playing it. I wasn't very fast to be able to play that type of up-tempo music for a long period of time. So these guys decide to go in and track a demo, this band Domestic Violence, and I learned <laughs> I learned a couple of their new songs, and we go into the studio, and we cut the, 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 uh, the instrumental tracks for the singer to come in and sing later. 
I don't even think he was I, there when I was doing. It's the seriously, session. it sounds like a band like that South Park, like yes. South Park Kids would name. It does. Like it does. Cartman would name his band Domestic. Violence. It's kind of a badass band name for a hardcore act. Or Beavis and ButtHead are watching their yeah. next video. Is this domestic <laughs> violence? Yeah, they kick ass. Um, so I end up cutting, I think, two to three songs, and one of the songs I believe was this song called "Toxic Avenger." Which was oh, the, the lyrics were no. about the character in the movie Toxic in the Avenger, movie? the trauma movies. If you remember those back in the day, they were just they looked like they were made by either a high school or college film group. And the gore <laughs> is so cheap and so bad, and it, they're so ridiculous, but they're so funny and they're cult classics. Um, are you aware of that that run, Bob, of Toxic Avenger? Uh, not really. No, I uh, you know certainly have heard, but. Uh, n- uh, no idea really about trauma teen or what trauma? was it the company yeah trauma tra- teen trauma yes i believe that's right t-r-o-m-a okay. trauma trauma uh-huh. yeah but they did a whole litany of different films and toxic Avenger was kind of the centerpiece okay of, or it started it all for them and that song was actually i think the only one that got radio play on k-n-o-n because it didn't have any swear words in it but there was some others that did there was another song called i believe it was called lunch bag blues which was essentially about getting to school and opening your lunch bag and all okay. that's in it is healthy snacks and fruit and you're mad because there's no there's no junk food no in chips it. Yeah. Kinda, PBJ, yeah. Yeah. Kinda love it. Mm-hmm. And then there was this song that was my favorite song. On, on That's the, like a Moss Brothers title. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Lunchbag oh, wow. Blues. I was 18 or 19, and these guys were 17 or 18, so we weren't, you know, we were pretty, yeah. we were a lot closer to being upset about your your your, your school lunch than you were about girls and right, the right. problems of adult life. So you wrote with what you wrote what you knew about. And then there was this other song that, um, that we did that was called uh, I Won't Work. And I don't know why, but I woke up this morning thinking about this time in my life, that time when I moved to Dallas and stayed here ever since 1986. And I was thinking, man, I wonder, I wonder if those demos still exist. So I texted Ricky, Uh who still lives in the area and said, Hey man, do, do you know how to get a hold of maybe MP3s of that old domestic violence stuff that we cut in the studio? And he goes, you know what? I have them on my home computer. I'm at work right now, but I'm going to go home for lunch. And when I get home, I'm going to email them to you. Oh my God. So by about noon, one o'clock this afternoon, I was the proud owner of MP3s. Okay. Well, one MP3 of domestic violences. I won't work with Dingu on bass. Now the funny story about this is they knew that I sucked playing this music it's one of my favorite music stories ever is they were like, okay, dude, uh, you did a really great job. And as I'm walking out, Ricky goes, Hey man, I was wondering, do, do you mind if, if we borrow your bass for a little while? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure, bro. It's totally cool. You can borrow it. So I think they went back and I think my bass is on a couple of these tracks, but they either went back and recut everything or, or some of the stuff. Yeah. And, and Ricky played bass on it because he was fast and could do all that stuff. So they end up borrowing my bass to finish the session so it's kind of like when, when Paul went in and played drums for Ringo, you know, it was kind of <laughs> like that that kind of thing. But I'm but Ricky swears that 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 I'm on this song. So I'm going to present to you now in all of its glory 1987's I Won't Work and hang on to my before you hit play by Domestic Violence. 
I will warn you. <laughs> There's some beeps, and uh-huh. I'll, I'll, I'll run down part of the lyric sheet at the end of this, but the sound quality, as you can imagine, from a bunch of high school kids with what we could afford to pay for in some weird studio in Dallas is not the best. Uh-huh. And I told Ricky it was funny because the, the title of this MP3 that he sent me, it says, I Won't Work Remix. And I wrote him back. I go, it's funny that the remix has no drums in it. You can't even hear drums at all. So this is this is kind of a, a tough. Uh, if you're used to, to good sound quality and and sonic Taylor perfection, Swift. you're not going to get that here. But this is part of my musical history and one of the first things I ever played in a recording studio. This is "I Won't Work" by Domestic Violence. Get the pit going, guys. All right, so this goes on. You can just lower it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's so Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> they would watch this video and be blown away. So here are the lyrics to the best of my oh. recollection and what I can decipher by putting headphones on and going over lines like ten times. This is I Won't Work, the poetry. I don't want to oh F God. around. Be some GD pizza clown. They can all just go to hell. I don't want to. I do the same thing every day, feeling like a lump of clay. They can all just S my D. I don't want to. I won't work. I won't work. F off. (laughs) How angry an angst-ridden teen is that? Uh, But but were you guys actually that angry, or were you just trying to kind of put your... Couple Foot in the door of the scene. A couple of the guys in the band were pretty pissed off. They were? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The singer and the drummer. My, uh, I miss Matt Zellner so much. He, he's still alive. I just haven't seen him in forever. But the drummer, I mean, he's so good. These guys were so good. Like, at this, this, good Lord, at this form of music, it's legit. Like, I put this stuff up against DRI and MDC and any of those bands any day of the week. It just. Did you guys ever get a gig? I never played a gig with this formation with with uh domestic violence but yeah they played quite a bit they they did really well locally played theater gallery i'm sure and you know all the the club dada possibly back in the day but they they had a little a good little run and then i think ricky went on to play with the buck pets after that but wow man, this brought back so many memories and i was i could not believe that he still had this stuff on his computer seriously they have any cool merch sitting around man they should yeah, Bob, you want to walk around with your domestic violence T-shirt? <laughs> domestic violence world tour. Yeah. <laughs> the tour of Elm Street. 
Anyway. That's awesome. I know. I couldn't. That I, is I great. could not believe that this stuff still existed. So thanks to Ricky and, uh, and shout out to Matt and the rest of the guys from, totally. from DV. Dom Vi. That's right, there bro. There you go. That's there you the go. That's the pin. Love it. For decades, Rolling Stone has set the bar for entertainment publications. Today, Rolling Stone Music Now takes over in podcast form. Our list of the top albums of 2021, Rob Sheffield. Let's talk about our number one album, Olivia Rodrigo's Sour. She really did make a greatest hits album with her first album. It could not have been more perfectly timed as sort of a running live journal of the year. Rolling Stone Music Now. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.